Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Here's a fly ball to right. Not deep. Yastrzemski comes in. He catches it. Shamanaya now. He's rolling. He's retired 12 in a row. He's had a couple of really quick innings consecutively. There's a drive into center field. Back a little bit. Matos. Now he's waiting. And makes the grab. Inning over. 13 in a row retired by Sean Manaya. There's a high drive. Deep right center. Forget about this one. And hello! San Francisco Bay. And that ties the game rather emphatically. What a shot by Blake Sable. Freeman has struck out and lined out to right. And he lines a base hit in the very first pitch right up the middle. And two runs will score. And now a wild throw from Matos in center, and both of the other runners will advance an extra base. Crawford swing, and he hits a pop fly, shallow right center field. They get three different guardians going after it, and the right fielder, Brennan, splits between the center fielder, Straw, and the second baseman, Freeman, to make the catch to end the game. The Giants' four-game winning streak has ended. The final score, 3-1, to one, the Guardians over the Giants. And that should do it. Ah, that should do it for the Giants. Four-game winning streak and a blown opportunity to make up some ground in the wild Giants. card race. Yeah, the blanking Giants lose last night to the Cleveland Guardians 3-1. to one. What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday morning. It is Marcus, the Waterboy Boucher, back with Overnight Dave on the ones and twos, taking a look at the MLB wild card picture and really the final stretch of the season for the San Francisco Giants. Because I know we're in the midst of the NFL season. We've been talking a lot of 49er football. We've been talking a lot about Aaron Rodgers. Who, oh, by the way, has since got the news that is confirmed that his Achilles is torn. And that he will be out for the season. Some news that broke yesterday after the leadoff spot. So we'll touch on that a little bit. And some of the paths for the New York Jets. And some of the quarterback options they could have. And who's available on the waivers. And we can even do a little waiver wire Wednesday talk for all my fantasy football heads out there. But we got to start the show today with the San Francisco Giants losing last night to the Cleveland Guardians in a game where they out hit the Guardians, had more hits, six to four. Blake Sable, as you heard in the open package, sent one deep into the night. And Shaw Maniah really had a pretty good outing. But the Giants played bad defense, and it came back to bite them in the ass. And that's why they lost yesterday. And to be completely honest with you, that's why they've lost a lot of games this year is because of their defense. Last night in that sixth inning, Lamont Wade Jr. kicks the ball at first base. It was the Giants' 100th error of the season. Yeah, the big 100. We've we've met the century mark now, folks. That's number one in the entire MLB. The Giants have made more errors this year than any other team in baseball. And it's funny to circle back. I don't know. Maybe it's not that funny unless you're asking Farhan questions about it. <laughs> because that was the man that told us during this offseason that the Giants were going to improve defensively. And all of a sudden, I started looking around at this roster, and I said, hmm, 
Where are we going to improve, Farhan? Because we saw Brandon Belt walk out the door and go to the Toronto Blue Jays. And whatever side of the argument you fell on on the Brandon Belt Wars, I think everybody can agree he was an elite defender. Probably should have won a gold glove at first base with the Giants. I don't believe he ever did. But he was elite defensively. And so you watch him leave, and you replace him with Lamont Wade Jr., who, shout out late night Lamont, swings a good bat. But he's kind of one of those tweeners who never really filled in as an outfielder out in left field. And is decent at first base. But he's not a gold glove caliber first baseman. And last night we saw that air cost him in the sixth inning. Then you look around the diamond. You look at Brandon Crawford, who slowly is starting to age out. And if you really want to get serious and talk about it, we might be talking about watching Brandon Crawford's last 17, 18 games as the San Francisco Giants down this stretch. This could be the last September baseball we get with Brandon Crawford. And we've all seen the struggles that he's dealt with this year, not only at the plate, but in the field. Tyro Estrada has been solid. He was your second baseman last year. But then I looked over at J.D. Davis, who I think performed better than expectations defensively this year and started off really hot, has gone into a slump in the second half of the season, just like most of the other bats. But that's also a guy who I did not think was an improvement defensively over Evan Longoria. Then you look at your opening day lineup, and there's Blake Sable in left field, another one of these tweeners, a guy that is not really a left fielder, is not really a catcher, and no disrespect, He's a guy that went deep last night for the San Francisco Giants and has been a good rookie piece to Mitch and match throughout the entire season. But again, when you got Blake Sable out in left field, when you got Jock Peterson diving and sliding and sticking his tongue out in left field, that's why you've made the most errors in baseball this year. So again, I asked the question to Farhan Zaidi, where did you improve defensively? That's all you talked about this offseason. Getting better on defense and also hitting home runs. Remember when he said the Giants were going to be one of the top home run hitting teams in the league? Yeah, about that. No, I don't see any scenario of that. They're 19th in the MLB. They're not even a top 15 team. I mean, we're talking about the top 12 teams to make the playoffs. Giants are on the outside looking in on the wild card race right now. They're going to go another season this year without a guy hitting 30 home runs. And again, you look at the middle of the lineup, and it's not the most intimidating lineup. That's no disrespect to Wilmer Flores or a Tyro Estrada or a Jock Peterson. But you look around the National League. You look at those lineups for the Dodgers, for the Braves. Hell, look at the Padres who just put, put, put a beating on you last weekend down in San Diego. Those are where playoff lineups are supposed to look like. Obviously, the Padres are not competing for a playoff team. But those are what lineups result in fans actually being excited and coming out and watching the games. Because that's probably been my biggest takeaway the last two nights watching the Giants. Watching a team that is a game and a half out of the wild card race with less than 20 games to go in the season. And the ballpark's empty. It's just crickets. And I'm like, where's the excitement? We're in a pennant race right now. Shout out to John Miller in the wild card division. Well, you're trying to make a race for that last wild card spot. And yesterday was a golden opportunity for the San Francisco Giants to go out and make, some, make up some ground. I mean, you would talk about the Phillies are in first place in the wild card. I like how we got to clarify what place you are in the wild card now because there's so many damn teams making it. But the Phillies lost, lost yesterday. The Cubs lost. The Diamondbacks lost. The Marlins lost. Only team who got a win yesterday was the Reds in extra innings. But as we've been talking about for the last five, six minutes, the Giants lost yesterday, and it all circles back to defense. Hell, it can circle back to the first inning for Shamanaya, if you want to be honest who I thought had a great start yesterday, making his first start since May. Kind of interesting how the Giants are now flipping the script 
when they were the team that was throwing out multiple bullpen games a week. Now, all of a sudden, it's the last month of the season, and they're like, oh, yeah, let's let Keaton Wynn start. Let's let Sean Mania start. It's kind of like me at the end of the semester in, like, college, high school, my entire academic career, where it's like, all right, I'm trying to make grades. I'm trying to get that 2.0 so I can go play some ball. And I'm out here trying to, like, make up, like, homework assignments and do some extra credit and all that stuff like that. It's like I understand. My, my teacher's like, ah, it's a little too late, Marcus. Well, is that the case we're looking at now with the San Francisco Giants? Is it a little too late? Because now we're trying to make these adjustments, and now you're trying to make this wild card push. And if you're playing bad defense, if you're not hitting home runs, and oh, by the way, you're top five or six, I believe, in strikeouts this year, yeah, it's not a very encouraging lineup. And it's not encouraging when you're playing bad defense. It was a big reason why the Giants finished 81-81 and 81 last year, because of their poor defense. And so whether it's Lamont Wade Jr. committing an error in that sixth inning last night that led to a, uh, an RBI knock that put the Guardians up, or going back to the first inning when Shamanaya was kind of laboring through. I think he threw 30, 33 pitches. And how many ground ball double play opportunities did he get? One, two, three. I feel like I'm LeBron James counting out titles. No, that's how many ground balls Shamanaya was able to get in the first inning yesterday. But because of the analytics, the Giants weren't able to turn any of you. You might be thinking, Marcus, what are you talking about? The analytics? Well, because Naylor was up at the plate, he's a lefty, and he's going to pull the ball. Instead of playing at your usual double play depth, Tyro Estrada was basically standing out in right field, even though you're not allowed to put your heels on the grass anymore. But he was shifted over towards first base. So when the ball was hit to the left side, to Brandon Crawford, something I'm sure that wasn't in that analytics spray, spray chart for a Josh Naylor last night, guess what? Tyro Estrada cannot get to second base on time. So there's another out left on the board. Fast forward to later on that same inning. Brandon Crawford and Tyro Estrada both trying to get a ball up the middle, not covering second base. Now, this is all defensive alignment. This is all pre-pitch stuff and all stuff that's being decided now by the analytics. So, I don't know. Call me old school, Dave, but back in my day when there was a runner on first base, you played at double play depth. You rewarded your pitcher for getting a ground ball, and you helped him get out of the inning. Yesterday, didn't do too much help. Guardians only scored one, but that's the thing. When you're looking at the Guardians box scores, they had four hits the entire day. Really didn't do anything. I thought, again, Shamanaya, five and two-thirds, did end up getting charged for a run after Wyron Walker came in and allowed that base knock in the six after the Lamont Wade Jr. error. But that's a game last night that the Giants should have won. And it feels like one of those games that we're going to be talking about down the road if the Giants do end up missing the wild card by a game or two. And I guess it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, does this even feel like a wild card team? Does this feel like a playoff team? Does this feel like playoff baseball? Because looking at the, the, the crowd and the attendance the last two nights, it doesn't feel like it, to be honest with you. Now, I'll be out at the game today. Kyle Harrison, the lefty, back on the bump, the De La Salle kid. I believe it's actually the last weekday day game for the San Francisco Giants this year. So, Dave, you know I like drinking at noon on a Thursday, but I always go out to the ballpark on a Wednesday for a midday game, especially with Kyle Harrison on the bump. So maybe the Giants get back on track. It's not like they were going to go out and win all these games anyways. But you can't afford to drop games in September. That's why when they started off losing, what was it, four, five, six games in a row, it put them in a hole. But somehow, someway, they're still in the wild card race. So we'll discuss that on the other side, whether or not you do think the Giants are a playoff team this year. 808-KMBR is the number if you want to check in on the Golden State Lumbers and Building Materials text line. Give us your take. Do you have playoff fever 
which my guy Murph was talking about a month ago. It doesn't feel like it, but here we are with less than 20 games to go, and the Giants have a golden opportunity to go out and make the playoffs. So we'll continue talking Giants later on and get you ready for that Kyle Harrison start today. But we can also take a look around the world of the NFL. Of course, now on Wednesday, we start making the transition of looking ahead to the 49ers Week 2 matchup against the L.A. Rams. They'll be down at Levi South, a.k.a. SoFi Stadium, this Sunday, 1 o'clock game. And they're taking on a Rams team that I think a lot of people maybe over-exaggerated the demise of. And when I say some people, I'm talking about myself. I didn't think they would be good at all this year. And here they were, week one, taking down the Seattle Seahawks up in Seattle. So we'll break down the matchups, who you need to pick up off this Rams squad as it is a waiver wire Wednesday as well. So we'll talk a little fantasy football later on today and give you an update on what's going on with the 49ers. Off day yesterday down at Levi Stadium. Kyle Shanahan is scheduled to speak today. And I wonder if he's going to answer any questions about the 49ers going out and working out a couple quarterbacks yesterday. One that popped up on my Twitter feed was Ian Book, the kid out of El Dorado. Of course, played with the New Orleans Saints. I believe it was with the Eagles for a little bit, too. But he's a kid that I used to grow up going to Pop Warner games because he played with my cousin up in Sacramento. So that would be a cool storyline. But I saw a lot of people connecting the dots thinking, oh, if they're working out Ian Book, does this mean they're looking to trade Sam Darnold to the New York Jets? Ah, it's a possibility. We'll float it out there. We'll play some sound from the Jets play-by-play man, Bob Wischusen, talking about that possibility. And if the 49ers would trade Sam Darnold, I don't see it's happening. But, hey, if you do, again, hit us up on the text on this morning. We'll get your text on air, and we'll get you ready for the 49ers Week 2 matchup against the Rams. And we'll take a look at the Aaron Rodgers fallout and what it means for the Packers. A lot of NFL storylines to get into. But on the other side, I do want to continue the discussion on whether or not the Giants are a playoff team this year and how you're feeling with 17, 18 games left in the season. It's the final stretch for the Giants. <laughs> Let's see if they get the win today with Kyle Harrison on the mound. It's Marcus Boucher on the leadoff spot on KMBR 104.5 FM, 680 AM, the sports leader. Get that man a beer! Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the next thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. Here it comes. Crawford swing, and he hits a pop fly. Shallow right center field. They get three different guardians going after it. And the right fielder, Brennan, splits between the center fielder, Straw, and the second baseman, Freeman, to make the catch to end the game. The Giants' four-game winning streak has ended. And the final score, 3-1, to one, the Guardians over the Giants. Hey, it's Gabe Kapler, and you're listening to The Leadoff Spot on KNBR 104.5 and 680, the sports leader. Gabe Kapler and the water boy back on The Leadoff Spot on a Wednesday morning. A man that I'm going to see back at the ballpark today, 1245 first pitch, 1145 pregame coverage, and even a little 10 a.m. Papa and Lun coverage at the public house. Getting a couple of drinks in before the Giants day game today against the Cleveland Guardians. The rubber match with Kyle Harrison on the bump. Giants looking to win the series and looking to stay in this wild card race because here we are with the Giants ending their four-game winning streak last night, now them falling to a 74-71 and record. 
And by my quick math, that means that's 145 games. And again, by my quick math, don't double check me on this. That means the Giants have about 17 games left. One versus Cleveland, four versus Colorado, two versus the D-backs, four against the Dodgers, three against the Padres, and then three more against the Dodgers to close out the season. So here we are in the midst of a postseason pennant race. Not really a pennant race. I don't think they're handing out pennants for the wild card, especially when you have three different teams from three divisions, which to me is why we're kind of getting this watered-down wild card race where it doesn't really feel like the Giants really are in contention. Because don't get me wrong, this is usually my favorite time of year where we get postseason baseball, we get NFL football, you got college football, you got fights, there's a lot of things going on. But I do like to enjoy the final month of the baseball season, especially when the Giants are in contention. But I asked the question earlier this morning, do you feel like the Giants are a playoff team this year? And I feel like we do got to put an asterisk on it because there's as many wild card teams as division winners. But hey, those are the rules. And look at a team like the Philadelphia Phillies who got in last year as that third and final wild card team and went all the way to the World Series. Now, I've seen a bunch of people check in. Whether it's the 415 saying, I don't think the Giants are a playoff team. Whether it's the 408 saying, yeah, maybe they squeeze into the playoffs, but I don't see them getting by the first round, which is a take that I kind of agree with. And we also got a text this morning on the Golden State Lumber and Building Material text line from the 209 saying, I just want the pain to end. I might actually enjoy the rest of the season more if I knew they were out of contention for the playoffs. Dot, dot, dot. Is that crazy? No, I don't think it's crazy. But I do think it's something that we need to talk about. With this Giants' current roster, is this really a playoff roster or is this a rebuilding roster? And those are the questions that we were asking before the season started at the MLB trade deadline and at this year's All-Star break. And it seemed like for a while the Giants were competitive. Hell, there was a stretch where they won 10, 11 games in a row. We're only two and a half games back of the LA Dodgers and the NL West. And then, of course... Post-All-Star break, went on that losing streak. Had one of the worst months of baseball. This offense has pretty much disappeared and become anemic. And what we were just talking about in the in the first segment, the Giants committed their lead-leaguing 100th air last night. So none of that really connects for a playoff team. But when you are looking at the team as a rebuilding team, there are some things to get excited about. Whether it's Logan Webb and Kyle Harrison. Whether it's Patrick Bailey behind home plate. Whether it's a guy maybe like Luis Matos, maybe Casey Schmidt, maybe a Marco Luciano being called up. Now, if you're asking me, I think there's four guys that have kind of solidified their roles going forward. Two of them I just named, Logan Webb and Kyle Harrison in the rotation, Patrick Bailey behind home plate, and Camilo Duvall closing out ball games. Outside of that, yeah, those other guys have been great stories, but I don't know if they've proven that they are cornerstone pieces just yet. But... Farhan Zaidi kind of told us that he believes these are the pieces he wants to build around by not going out and making any trades at this year's MLB trade deadline. Their biggest move was A.J. Pollock. And I'm not saying that's a big move. It was just essentially the only move. (laughs) (laughs) And after what, like two games, five appearances, no hits, A.J. Pollock's gone. You won't, you won't hear from A.J. Pollock no more. Now he's swimming with the fishes. I'm not, I just said that because Pollock's a fish named Dave. You know my jokes. But, but regardless, that to me was the message being sent to the team that, no, we're not going all in. We're playing for 2024. 
we're going to keep the kids, which is fine. But it's also now you're in the kind of dancing on the fence mode. Now you're tiptoeing. Now you're putting your big toe in the water saying, yeah, 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 we think we're a playoff team, but we're not going to commit to it. Which, again, brought up my counter arguments that I know frustrated a couple people on the text lines. But near the trade deadline, I said, hey, Wilmer Flores, we all love him. We all love singing the Friends theme song when he comes up to the play and clapping our hands. But Wilmer, at this stage in his career, swinging one of the hottest bats around the MLB trade deadline, would be good trade bait. Would get you some value to build towards 2024. I said the same exact thing about Alex Cobb, who at 35, 36 years old, is having a career year. His value is never going to be higher. He was an all-star this year. And that's why I floated at the idea of maybe trading him for prospects or something that you could build forward towards towards 2024. Now, a lot of people would say, well, that would have been waving the white flag on the 2023 season. Well, to me, you're kind of waving the white flag if you're not going out and adding a pitcher to your rotation when you only had two pitchers in your rotation the entire year. And now, all of a sudden, we're in the last month of the season. It's like, all right, yeah, Shamanaya, you get a start. Keaton Wynn, you get a start. Like, Shamanaya has had a really good second half of the season. Probably should have earned a start before since, you know, the last time he was actually starting a game was last May. But, hey, that's the Giants' strategy. That's what they've gone with. They flirted a lot this year with the bullpen game strategy and the openers, and now they're going back and forth. But, again, to me, if you were serious about competing at the MLB trade deadline, you would have got out and got a pitcher. You would have got out and got a bat for the middle of your lineup. The Giants did not do either of that. But here we are still with 17 games left in the season, and they're a game and a half out of the wild card. So maybe you do still have playoff fever. Maybe the Giants are starting to feel playoff fever. We've heard a thousand stories over the last week, whether it's Tyro Estrada giving an inspirational speech to the translator, whether it's Mitch Hanniger who apparently gave a speech this weekend, or how about this story, that Farhan Zaidi spoke to the team earlier this week and gave them an inspirational speech. Now, I wish I could be a fly on the wall to hear Farhan give his speech and really, uh, you know, chuckle his way through it. <laughs> But what we do have is Gabe Kapler talking about it on Saturday. Now, this is a story from the weekend that we have not had a chance to hit yet because we've been focused so much on football. But I wanted to get into it today. Here's Gabe Kapler talking about the Farhan Zaidi pregame speech during the Colorado Rockies weekend series this past week. Yeah, no, it was uh, very well-timed, I thought. Um, I thought like Farhan came down and just kind of wanted to demonstrate how much belief he had in, in our team. Um, and Farhan has a tendency to, to speak from the heart and in a way that is very endearing, endearing and um, he's very disarming. And I think the entire group really appreciated it. It was basically him telling us that he believed in this group. He thought we could go to the postseason and, and he was behind us all the way. And um, it, it, the other thing it demonstrated is, is the togetherness, togetherness in an organization. Uh, our front office, coaching staff, players, business side, we're, we're all kind of pulling the rope in the same direction. We all want the same thing. We want to win baseball games and, um, and go to the postseason. So I thought it was you know, very well-timed and, as I said, executed very well. Yeah, that's the bottom line. I love that that was the same thing Gabe told us a couple weeks ago. Yeah, if we just win baseball games, we'll be fine. We'll be in the playoffs. Well, you start off the month of September extremely bad. And that's why it feels like the hype kind of has fallen off. And even with last night as a golden opportunity to make up room in that wild card race, you look at teams like the Phillies, the Cubs, who are a couple games ahead of you in the top two wild card spots. They lost. The D-backs lost and the Marlins lost. 
So you're really not taking advantage of those opportunities you're talking about. And again, it's nice that Farhan's going down and trying to rally the boys. But to me, if you wanted to rally, if you wanted to spark this this, this locker room, you would have got out and made a move at the MLB trade deadline, whether it was as a buyer or a seller. But it feels like the Giants are kind of reluctant to say that R word, rebuilders, which I don't think they want to put out there to the universe because this is a market where you really shouldn't take too long to rebuild with all the finance that they have, with all the resources that they have, you know, with them charging me $20 for a beer at the game. <laughs> I understand. You'd think some of that money would go to an Aaron Judge or a Carlos Correa or a Shohei Otani or a Bryce Harper. And again, they say that they're always talking to him. No. They say that they're always in the conversations. But I talk to a lot of girls and I'm still single. So, so it looks like we're both striking out. <laughs> Maybe I'm just not striking out as much as the Giants, who are, oh, top five, I think actually sixth in the MLB in strikeouts, 1,345 strikeouts this year, and all that talk about improving your defense and maybe being one of the top home run hitting teams this year. Giants lead the MLB with 100 errors, and they're 19th in home runs. So, yeah, it's really not that inspiring. And, again, Everybody's checking in this morning just saying, Marcus, it's pretty obvious. This is not an inspiring lineup that people want to go out to the ballpark to watch. Hell, we don't even know who's pitching most days. And with 49ers and the NFL football season, the attention has been turned. And that's why I like the uh, 510 this morning checks in on the Golden State Lumber and Building Materials text line. Who says, yeah, the Giants got a new slogan, Giants baseball. Nobody likes it. <laughs> hey, you know, I still like baseball. I like a good old-fashioned pennant race. And that's why I think if the Giants do get hot, people will be interested again. But they're kind of in that limbo. One foot in, one foot out. They're doing the hokey pokey, and they're trying to turn it all around. But they're playing bad baseball in September. And it's hard to play games in October if you're playing bad games in September. But I did want to get a couple few more pieces of sound of the Giants players talking about this playoff race. Here was Shamanai after his performance yesterday talking about how he enjoyed being back as a starting pitcher, and how he's enjoying being in this wild card race, even though it seems like nobody else is. Uh, it's exciting. You know, this is where you want to be. This is where you want to, um, you know, make a stand. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And, um, you know, I think this uh, this group's very special and we can do some exciting things. So um, to be in this position is uh, amazing. Yeah, it's a good position to be in. You're in the quote-unquote wild card race. Amazing. But it's also a position where nobody knows the lineup every day. Amazing. Nobody knows who's pitching. I mean, Shamanai is a guy that will most likely opt into his contract next year. He's got an option for $12.5 million. You think he's making that anywhere else? I don't know. You look at a guy like Ross Stripling, who they brought in this year for, again, $12.5 million. Shout out to the Giants for paying Kevin Gosman and Shamanai more money this year than Kevin Gosman's making. Hell, might be more money than Carlos Rodon's making. I know the Rooster hasn't had a good year. Beat the Red Sox last night, had nine strikeouts, had a pretty good performance for the New York Yankees. But again, these are guys that they don't want in their rotation moving forward. But those are guys that at least inspired me to go out to the ballpark. And that's why today I'm going out to watch my guy Kyle Harrison. One of the few pieces that I think people are actually getting excited about. I was out there last Friday. Seemed like he settled in after allowing three runs. Interesting decision for Gabe Kapler to throw him out there for the fifth inning to face one batter to let up a home run just to be taken out right after. But, hey, they won that game Friday night, but I don't know if that was due to the far-on speech or just due to the fact that they were playing the Colorado Rockies. 
a team that they're like 16 and one against. So guess what? You're not going to play the Colorado Rockies every single week. And as we told you, you've got other matchups against teams like the Dodgers, the Padres, and D-backs, all NL West matchups coming up at the end of this month. Here's our last piece of sound from Gabe Kapler talking about how, yeah, last night was a disappointment that the Giants didn't make up any ground in the wild card race. But you got to move on to tomorrow. You got to go with that next pitch mentality. I don't think there's any any time or, or use in getting frustrated. We got to go back out there and win a baseball game tomorrow. So do all those teams. So pretty quick to turn the page and get ready to play them tomorrow. And then we got a road trip to to get ready for. So not much time to, to kind of wallow in what happened tonight. No, not much time at all. Now you got to focus on today. 12:45 first pitch. Kyle Harrison on the bump. Turn the page and. And if you're not winning games in September, to be completely honest with you, it seems like the fan base is turning the page towards the 49ers. So we'll do the same thing on the other side. Turn the page. Give give you an update from Levi's yesterday where the 49ers went out and worked out a quarterback and whether or not they would be interested in listening to any phone calls from the New York Jets on Sam Darnold. Turn the page. We got rumors flying all over the place. Maybe we'll turn the page to the New York Post on the the other side and look at some of the top storylines in the NFL, maybe some of the top waiver wire pickups as well as we get you ready for the 49ers Week 2 matchup against the L.A. Rams. We'll talk some football on the other side. It's Marcus the Waterboy Boucher on KMBR 104.5 FM and 680 AM, the sports leader. Well, as expected, an MRI confirmed just a short time ago that Aaron Rodgers suffered a complete tear of his left Achilles tendon. That means that Rodgers, barring a miracle long shot comeback in the playoffs, is done for the 2023 regular season. It occurred on just the fourth snap that he had played as a member of the Jets when he was sacked from behind, tackled by Leonard Floyd. He initially stood up, then went back down to the ground, had x-rays, had additional tests. They knew last night, as Robert Sala mentioned in his post-game press conference, that in all likelihood, this was the outcome. The MRI merely confirmed it. Aaron Rodgers with a complete tear of that left Achilles tendon. Yeah, that's the news we were all kind of speculating on yesterday. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the leadoff spot. It is Marcus Boucher. A lot of Giants talk this morning, but now it's time to switch gears and go from talking about Kyle Harrison, the Northern California kid, to another one named Aaron Rodgers. And obviously, you know this by now. It's not breaking news or anything. It's actually news that was confirmed yesterday around 8 a.m. by Tom Pelissaro, by Ian Rappaport, by Adam Schefter, all the big reporters around the league that Aaron Rodgers has torn his Achilles and will miss the remainder of the 2023 season. After only playing four plays with the New York Jets, after running onto the field at MetLife carrying the American flag, and now we're talking about whether or not the turf at MetLife had a play into it. We broke it down yesterday in the injuries that happened to the 49ers, Nick Bosa tearing his ACL, Jimmy Garoppolo, the high ankle sprain. I believe Solomon Thomas got hurt that game too. It's something that they've been complaining about for years and something that the NFL has been complaining about for years and years and years. The NFL PA did a whole research about how there's more injuries on turf versus actual grass. And to me, it comes down to the simple kind of concept of if you're an NFL owner, if you're one of the 32 guys that own a corporation, that's a billion dollar corporation, by the way, why are you out here not insuring the best possible playing performance and playing field for your players. I mean, these are millionaires. You're handing out millions and millions of dollars to these players, and you don't want to take care of them? 
You don't want to put him in the best case scenario to stay healthy and to succeed. It'd be like if I went out and bought a Lamborghini and didn't buy any insurance. Started pumping 87 into it. Then took out the airbags. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just going to be out here riding dirty. That's what the New York Jets are doing in a, in, a, in, a, in a stadium where they just had the New York Giants play the night before. But I don't want to hear that as an excuse. Look at the Pittsburgh Steelers this past weekend. Friday night, high school football game. Saturday night, college football game. And Sunday, they hosted the 49ers. They got real grass. Come out here to Levi Stadium. We got real grass. Even a team like the Las Vegas Raiders who play in a dome, they have real grass. They'll roll it outside and then roll it back in. And, hell, I'll roll one up and watch a couple of those games also. <laughs> so that's the thing we got to discuss moving forward. I'm sure it's going to be a big talking point about what are the NFL is going to do with the turf. We mentioned yesterday David Bakhtiari was a guy that was pretty outspoken about, of course, his former quarterback Aaron Rodgers. And he made a good point about the uh, World Cup coming to America and how a lot of the fields that have turf are going to swap it out for grass for the soccer players, but they won't do it for the home players on the field. But, hey, that's why you're going to have to suffer the consequences now. And maybe that was a reason why Aaron Rodgers ended up with that torn Achilles. But whatever the reason is, his season's over. And now maybe we're talking about his career being over. As unfortunate as it is to say. And I know a lot of 49er fans really couldn't give a blank about Aaron Rodgers because he used to play because he used to play for the Packers and he'll drop a San Fran on you, even though everybody from Northern California knows you're not supposed to call San Francisco San Fran, but there's Aaron Rodgers trolling as usual. Not going to San Fran. And I know he's pretty controversial off the field with his inner circle and ayahuasca trips and all that. But on the field, I've always been a fan of Aaron Rodgers especially after he went out and won a Super Bowl ring for my guy Charles Woodson. So I've always had him on a level of respect just because of that, but also because he is one of the best quarterbacks of this generation, hands down. And that's why, to me, it's tough to see him go out like this if that was the last time we see Aaron Rodgers on the field. Now, I know his buddy Pat McAfee yesterday said, no, there's a chance he comes back next year, but he'll be 40 years old coming off an Achilles injury. And as good as Aaron Rodgers is in the pocket, he's not one of these stuck-in-the-mud quarterbacks. He's a guy that likes to use his legs, likes to scramble, extend plays, and make it happen. So who knows what that mobility will look like coming back? Who knows if he can stand up in the pocket? Who knows what the future looks like for Aaron Rodgers right now? And who knows what the future looks like for the New York Jets? After somehow, some way, winning that game on Monday Night Football, Zach Wilson eh, really looked like Zach Wilson. Shout out to Peyton Manning just roasting him on the Manning cast the entire night, which has led to questions on what the Jets are going to do moving forward. We saw last year how they shuffled through Zach Wilson, how they shuffled through Mike White and Joe Flacco. You want to talk about a QB carousel of just misery. Shout out Garrett Wilson for still winning Rookie of the Year somehow, some way. And shout out to that catch that he made on Monday night too in the corner of the end zone, tipping the ball to himself. But now there's already speculation of the New York Jets going out and adding a veteran quarterback. Whether it's someone like Carson Wentz, who's still available as a free agent. I saw there was a story yesterday that Colin Kaepernick reached out to the Jets saying that he's available. I saw Robert Griffin III was talking about on SportsCenter how he's available. I don't know, Dave, should I reach out to the Jets and tell them I'm available also? I mean, it seems like the lists were going down, but there's also another name that was popping up on people's lists yesterday. Sam Darnold, of course, a man that beat out Trey Lance for the QB2 job here in San Francisco and a man that was just traded away from the Jets to the Carolina Panthers like a year ago. So I don't know if that's really in serious consideration, 
but it's some consideration that went across the mind of Bob Wischusen, who's the play-by-play guy for the New York Jets. Radio Voice does a lot of great work, college basketball, all over the place for ESPN as well. And yesterday we teased this sound, but we didn't have time to get to it, so I wanted to play it for you this morning. And here's Bob Wischusen discussing the actual possibility of the Jets calling up John Lynch and the 49ers to see if Sam Darnold is available. If it were me, and maybe just I have a soft spot for the guy, but I think one of the most intriguing and fun things that they could potentially do is call San Francisco and see what they would want for Sam Darnold, who was here with the Jets. And I think there was a lot of back and forth in the room about whether or not they should move on from Sam and draft Zach Wilson or keep Sam and, like, trade the pick that Zach Wilson became and load Sam up with weapons in the past. Who knows? I mean, I, if, to me, all options should be on the table because if you bring Aaron Rodgers here, you're telling the whole world that you think you are that player away from maybe winning a championship. All options on the table. Now, does that mean that the 49ers would answer the call? I'm not sure. Maybe they would ghost them like the uh, Washington Commanders did a couple years ago back in 2017 when the 49ers tried to trade that number two overall pick for Kirk Cousins. (laughs) Because if you're the 49ers, in my opinion, you're not trading Sam Darnold, especially what you went through this offseason with the whole Trey Lance fiasco, disaster, drama, whatever the hell you want to call it. Trey Lance is gone. And we all know with the 49ers, QB has, a, has been a very volatile position. We've seen the injuries. We saw Brock Purdy. We saw Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw Trey Lance. Hell, we saw Josh Johnson go down with an injury, which is why I was a big fan of keeping Trey as the third quarterback. But obviously, Trey didn't want to be here, and now Trey's out in Dallas. And who knows? Maybe the New York Jets will call up Dallas to see if Trey Lance is available, and maybe they'll end up with the second and third overall pick from the same draft class with Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. What a circus that would be. But again, circling back to the 49ers, they need the insurance. They don't want to be out here riding dirty with no insurance like MetLife Stadium in their turf with Aaron Rodgers. This was the plan for the 49ers to have Sam Darnold as your backup quarterback in case something happens, what we saw to A-Rod on Monday night. And we all know it can happen to anybody. All it takes is one play, and that's why you need that depth, especially at the quarterback position. And it's a big reason why the 49ers we're also working out another quarterback yesterday, Ian Book, the kid out of Notre Dame and the kid out of El Dorado. I told you guys this morning I used to go out to his Pop Warner games when my cousin was playing with him uh, growing up. He used to come out to like my 4th of July barbecue. So I've always been a fan of Ian Book, and I've always hoped the best for him. But I think this is another practice squad signing. But I know there was a lot of people trying to read in between the tea leaves if this meant anything for the 49ers and whether or not they were interested in trading Sam Darnold to the New York Jets. Again, this is a bunch of speculation, but now I've seen people from WFAN, the radio station out in New York, saying, hey, this might be a possibility. Who knows? Who knows? To me, it's all rumors. It's all nonsense. I don't see it being an actual legitimate move for the 49ers. I think they keep Sam Darnold, and I think they move forward with Brock Purdy. Oh, the man who's never lost a regular season game and a look to extend that regular season winning streak this weekend against an L.A. Rams team that maybe had one of the biggest upsets of the week against the Seattle Seahawks last week as five-point underdogs, as one of Bobby Boucher's best bets. (laughs) (laughs) Hell, not just one of my best bets. It's my survivor pool pick. The tribe has spoken. Well, the tribe has spoken. You know who has spoken? This guy, Puka Nakua. That's right, Puka Nakua. Raise your hand if you've heard about this guy 
before this past weekend. I'll wait. I'll keep waking. Well, this is a guy you're going to see this weekend. After he had 10 catches for over 100 yards this past weekend in his NFL debut. When everybody was riffing about Matthew Stafford and his wife talking about how he didn't know the names of his wide receivers. Well, he probably didn't know how to pronounce Puka Nakua, to be honest with you. Sounds like Hakuna Matata. It means no worries. Shout out to all my Lion King fans out there this morning. Check in on Puka Nakua. And shout out to Murph, who just picked him up on the waiver wire this morning. He's going to be a guy getting a lot of targets throughout the season, especially with the Cooper Cup injury. And without Cooper Cup, I really gave the Rams no chance. Not just last week against the Seahawks, but also just in general. To actually be a competitor in the NFC West. But hey, maybe this weekend they'll show that old Sean McVay fighting spirit. He'll go out there and probably get beat by the 49ers again, to be honest with you. The Niners are a 7, 8-point favorite. I know the line open at 7. is still creeping up towards 8. But, hey, it's Rams week, as Ronnie Lott likes to say. It's football. Anything can go crazy. We saw a lot of upsets in week one. I don't think the Rams are going to come out here and upset the 49ers. We'll give you our official Bobby Boucher bet later on this week. But we are getting closer and closer to week two of the NFL season. And Kyle Shanahan is scheduled to actually speak to the media today. We'll have John Lynch coming up on Friday. And shout-out to our 49er player of the week, Brandon Ayuk, stopping by the Murph and Mac show yesterday. Phenomenal interview. Phenomenal performance on Saturday, or excuse me, last Sunday. And I'll look to continue it this weekend. Well, you know what I'm looking forward to? Making the connection with Murph and Mac. We'll get back into some Giants baseball. Talk about the Giants making their 100th air of the season last night, which, oh, by the way, leads Major League Baseball and whether or not they are making a serious push for this last wild card spot. We'll talk to Murph and Mac <laughs> and continue to get you ready for Rams week on the sports leader. It's the Waterboy Marcus Boucher on KBR 104.5 FM at 680 AM with Overnight Dave laughing, the sports leader. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. The leadoff spot now continues. Follow us on Twitter at KNBR. This is KNBR 1045 and 680. The sports leader. All right. Back on the leadoff spot on a Wednesday morning. The Wednesday of the last Giants day game this morning. Yeah, we're going silent library style this morning. Mark. Welcome back. Cracker. All right. I like it. All right. Go, we're man. going in raw. Going NPR. And we're going NPR, into the yeah. Giants last day game today. 1245 today. Kyle Harrison on the bump. I'll be out there drinking at noon. And yes, Murph, I guess the news of the day that I just saw at the top of the guest list is Triple E is back. Woohoo! Well, he promoted it himself on the guest list right here. Uh, congrats. Welcome e. back, kid. Yeah, welcome well, back. Somebody has to love him. You know what I mean? He might as well be himself. I know his mom <laughs> listens to the show. Shout out to Janine. Well, she's a doll. Uh-huh. She's a doll. She's great. She knows I like her, her more she than knows Triple her E. She knows her son is a, is a lovable lunk of um, uh, mishaps and uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't know. But anyway. How uh, about those Giants, buddy? How Woo-hoo! about those Giants, Murph? Last Last night, yeah. Air number one hundred. Let's A. turn two. They're leading the 
league in something, Murph. No, let's the turn bad two. news is airs. Uh, uh, oh, wait, we can't turn two oh. because oh, we're not because in position. To because my two. analytics told me that Josh right. Naylor only pulls the ball to the right side, well, but then he hit a ball to yeah, the left yeah, side yeah. to Crawford. They know more about baseball than we do, so uh, we should probably what, what shut What is this yeah. double play depth thing, you know? I will say, the, not first, needed. the first inning one was Crawford was, what was he doing? Crawford crossed over. Did we watch in the first yeah, inning? Yeah, so that was the second one. So the first one was Tyro playing out in right field, and then the second one, yeah, they got mixed up and crossed over over the Why middle. Why was Crawford crossing over the bag to, to that side of the field? Analytics. I don't know, Murph. <laughs> I don't got the answers for you. Only crossover. I yeah, want to uh-huh. see Steph Curry crossing somebody up in a couple of months. Or, Jason. A, uh, or a Marcus uh, Murph and Mack crossover. That's it. How about yeah, that? Yeah, those are good, too. Face-off, whatever you need. crossover? Yeah. By the way, you notice how, like, when G-Pop does a crossover, I, mean, I encourage everybody to come back to us at 10 if you, if you have to go, but mm-hmm. definitely come back because Papa will get his grill right up yeah. on the camera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, if the camera's here, he's getting grilled. <laughs> he's coming at you maybe an inch from that camera. Mm-hmm. I'm right here, Polly Mac. <laughs> Check out the... Yeah. I'm up close and personal. Look at Murph doing it. That's kind of what you're getting from Greg. I, I, Dave, you know what I'm talking I, about. I, I, he I gets say, right up there. I, got, I gotta say, I come, one, of, one of my favorite drops that our guy Dangerous Danny Dunn plays yeah. is Papa doing a play-by-play call of Fletcher Cox getting a sack. And, of course, he says, Fletcher Cox is in his face. That's Greg Papa in your face every morning. See, he's a prankster, too, okay. on top of everything mm-hmm. else. Oh, yeah. he'll, he'll get his riffs in. He does. Yeah, it's the caboose. No, he does get his riffs. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Right in your face, Polly Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, boys. You guys getting into Rams mindset yet or no? It's Rams, well, it's Rams week. week. Okay. It's Rams week. I saw you're getting into the Rams mindset, picking up Puka Nakua in our fantasy league. Well, okay. I got to do something. Yeah, you I mean, got to make some moves. I'm on the side of the road after getting smoked by freaking Triple E. Oh, the return I mean, of Triple E. Don't even say that on air, Murph. I got to do something. That we're losing credibility left and right. Uh, well, the waiver wire is my friend. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I got my guy Nakua. So, I'm looking for him to – I'll take a Nakua garbage time touchdown and, like, eight grabs and a Niner 14-point win. How's that? Oh, no, that's fine. That? That's, that's, that's absolutely fine. I like fine. that, too. That's a yeah, – by the way, the spread's down – it went from seven to eight, now seven and a half. Ooh, down to seven and a half. Yeah, yeah, money going Stafford's way. I wonder why. Well, I mean, you know, eight's a lot. It is. It's a lot in the, the NFL. Division game. Rivalry. Niners history against eight's, this. It's a very big mm-hmm. spread. I was going over the spreads here just for fun, just to look at the biggest ones. You're getting of the ready week. for the forecast for I a am. couple days out. Yeah. The biggest spread of the week is Aaron Rodgers' Jets, nine and a half point dogs against Dallas. Ooh. Nine and a half. That's actually surprising. I might take those considering, points with that Jets yeah, considering their defenses, they look so good Where's the other the night. Where's the love for Zach Wilson? Come on. <laughs> you won't find it You're on the Manning cast. Zach tell you Wilson that. love. Yeah. No. Is he going to be the quarterback? I read in The Athletic, they laid out 19 different options that Jets could go to. Wow. Shout out to confidence in Zach Wilson, uh, non-existent. <laughs> they got options, yeah, Paul. No, they they got here. Let's explore Paul, them all. I heard, I heard they like our show, but our but program director 19, 19 other shows. 19 different options. No, they're definitely behind our show, but they do want to consider 19 others. Have you heard some of the names that they're throwing out there, like obviously, like the Carson, Carson Wentz is out there and yeah. stuff like that. But I heard Did that I hear RG3 at one point. RG3 like, was on SportsCenter yesterday saying, Yeah, you RG3. know, there's, there's nobody Dude. better than me right now. And then how Holly, about Colin Stop Kaepernick? running from the truth, stop running from the people. His name has been mentioned. He's he's a, he's he's that sound, he, is it? No, no that's, that's not mine. I, I've got it. So I'll get to you on the other side. But yeah. the story is that Colin Kaepernick actually reached out to the Jets himself to say, Hey, I'm available. Let's go. <laughs> Bring him back, baby. Let's light that. Tim Ryan was saying, Light the dynamite. Let's just let's. Let's just go. Bring them on. The stories would be incredible. How many times? People is, lose their minds. Well, how many times is, uh, today is Cope's going to hit that 
Because this was like a Cope's oh, go-to. Yeah. Oh. Man, blank Colin Kaepernick. He had a kid rock. That was a kid rock yeah. on stage. He might have hit that every day. Every oh, almost day. every day. Man, yeah. blank Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> he's on stage somewhere. I'd and say now he's back in a new we, cycle. This is what we need to get us through like Wednesdays in the fall. I need Kaepernick just blowing it up. People pissed. People losing their minds. Mm-hmm. I need it. Well, so you got it, Murph. And we'll give you four hours of it on the morning wow, show four. this morning. Okay. Okay. You got four of them coming up next. Actually, three hours and 58 minutes. Can I say, minutes. Marcus, I got four on it. You got four on it. You got Paulie Mac and Murph until 10 a.m. this morning, and the water boy will chime in. Also, I should tell you that you are listening to KMBR, AM and FM in San Francisco, the sports leader, Cumulus Media Station, and the Murph and Mac Show on a Wednesday morning starts right now. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 